Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And welcome to Crown Corner for the 15th day of June 2022. It is Columbus Crew Week, and we hope you enjoyed last Saturday with the Red Bulls' victory for Charlotte FC. Will Palashik and Jessica Charman here with you. Uh, after everything that happened over the last couple of weeks, Jess, uh, last Saturday was a nice bit of a release for our boys as we saw them take a 2-0 victory over those fellas from Harrison, New Jersey. Absolutely. Well, I think it was the performance that we were all dying to see from Charlotte Football Club. There are a little bit of nerves about how would we respond against what should be a very competitive side. It wasn't going to ever be a walk in the park. And I think that it was so important that we had that performance from the team, that motivation from the crowd, uh, just an incredible day at the office for fans, for players, for coach alike. And I think that a lot of people's attitudes now, as we look to the second half, the second part of the season is a lot more encouraged than it may have been after the shock sacking of Miguel and Ramirez. This match more than any Jess had a lot more people. And I don't know if it was just my own kind of interpersonal dealings this week or, or whatever, but I came across more people who were impressed by just the look of the game. And I think the one thing that you and I have repeated on the various places that we've been talking over the course of this week is that it looked freer, it looked more fluid, and it just seemed like there was just uh, a greater sense of purpose to what Charlotte FC was doing, not just when they had the ball, but also when they were trying to win the ball back in the neutral third and deny chances in their own last third. When I look at these things, I like to look at it through the eye of being a former player. And one of the things I was always worried about from a Charlotte Football Club perspective is it often looked like players with their body language looked like they were a bit stressed. They looked like they were a bit under the thumb with how they were going to play. I think that the biggest change I noticed among the players and their body language was that they just looked free. They looked like they were having fun out there. They were able to express themselves. They were able to make their own decisions on the field. I think Ben Bender's goal is the, the capitalizer of that. You know, we have seen him take an amazing touch after he checks both shoulders. He has the confidence to take a shot. It's a great shot. It does have a deflection. I think it's important to note that the deflection probably beat the goalkeeper. But if you don't shoot, you don't score. And if there's one thing that I think we had been doing throughout the season so far, it was trying to score the perfect goal, trying to score the goal after 40 little ticky-tacky touches, trying to you know, stick to the way so hard that it ended up being a problem and not even getting in the ball into the final third. I think that we did a really good job of expressing ourselves and we'll get into the substitutions because I think those were brilliant as well from Latanzio. Our, our pal Lucha getting in the comments section early. He was excited about the victory and also talked about McKenzie Gaines, who we'll hear a little bit from um, uh, here later on. He spoke to the media earlier today and had some very interesting comments uh, about not just the, the contest, but his relationship with Christian Latanzio. But I, I felt like, too, this was a very, very important day for the forward line without having Carol Svidersky and Camille Josviak to try and prove. It was a proving ground for all those guys in the front three, from Rios to Shinyashiki to Gaines. Uh, and, ever, and if anybody else got in the contest, the fact that I think you saw those front three go unchanged was a credit to how Christian Latanzio felt about how great they were in not only creating chances, but also finding space and beating their one-on-one -on -one men. I think you have to look at McKinsey Gaines and how much energy he showed in that match. He had the running of the Red Bulls back line all day long. Andre Shinyashiki put in a lot of work on the wings. He also offered a lot defensively. Daniel Rios getting into areas, has a great touch and hold up play, struggling a little bit at the run, but still making those efforts. And I think he's a player that still has a lot to prove. When I look back and circle back at McKenzie Gaines, he almost created so many opportunities, just has to get that final product improved. But that's something I'm sure he's working in and around at training, but really encouraging signs. And like you mentioned, Will, without several players that would be considered starters, Karol Svidersky, Camille Josviak, you've left the Tanzio with a lot of questions because those guys that stepped on the pitch against the Red Bulls really gave a good petition for why they belong in the lineup. 
You mentioned Daniel Rios, too. It was his dirty work that we've talked about all season. It was that dirty work in the corner that led to Charlotte FC's insurance marker, which you'll hear right now as we bring you the highlights of a 2-0 victory and a chance for Charlotte FC to really build on something as they get a big victory at the bank. We are underway with Charlotte FC and New York Red Bulls. Rios for Shinyashiki. Padre with a shot save made by Coronel as Carlos Coronel denies the birthday boy. Cortez approaches. TT going for goal. It's all for the crossbar. Oh, TT fancied one. Cheeky. Cheeky. He fancied cheeky. one. Going to the left side. Morgan with a shot save. Kalina. And he controls it inside his box. What a play by Kalina. And looks like going down with a head injury is a New York Red Bulls player away from the play. Got it late. Really painful one for Christian Kalina. The dragging foot of Morgan comes in late. And as a goalkeeper, I'm furious. If Christian Kalina is anything like the Mad Cat will, this is only going to make him play better. Ben Bender's worldy has Charlotte FC up 1-0 at halftime as the players are coming back onto the pitch. Gloucester William, come on. Fletcher with a slide tackle for Carujo. Carujo might have saved the goal, and that's a penalty. No! It's awful! He's got the ball twice! It's terrible! Terrible, said the refereeing. It's a quick look. Yes. No penalty! No penalty! VAR! We take it back! What do we say, Will? That is justice! justice. And it's Schadenfreude. Neil is put in the middle for Shigishiki. Andre's alone. The birthday boy, a shot save made! Sergio has it alone. A shot for Rio. He scores! Derek Jones! Pass the insurance marker! And Charlotte FC! Surely are going to steal three points from Red Bulls! I want to know what the odds were that Derek Jones would find the back of the net in this game. And that is it! Heavy is the head that wears the crown! Latanzio. Welcome to the head coaching role, Christian Latanzio. And that is how it sounded on WFNZ and the Charlotte FC Radio Network. And a lot of people commenting about the, the overturned PK. I have to think that that was a, a key, key turning point in that match because I really feel like from that point forward, we saw Charlotte FC get back on their P's and Q's. Look, that was one of the moments where, a very rare moment where I'm glad that VAR exists in the game now because it was a shocking decision from the center official. Yeah, there's such thing as human error, but for me, the way that the ball moved, uh, it, it's crazy that he would ever consider that that could be a penalty. The ball moved away from the forward. It was clear that Carujo got touches twice on the ball. And you're right, the momentum would have changed completely had they had the opportunity from the penalty spot. Uh, I mean... Christian Kalina, the game he was having, maybe he would have made a save. But let's be honest, you always back a forward from 12 yards out. So glad it went that way. I think that gave us an extra momentum. It gave us an extra motivating factor. And then for Derek Jones to come on, for Jan Subanchinski to come on, it was the really finishing package for me, the cherry on the top that those players got to come on, not only to come on as substitutes, but also to have such an impact in those final minutes. Jan Sobinczewski made a couple of fantastic blocks and clearances. He slotted in nicely as we moved into a more defensive formation. And then for Derek Jones to make that run, blistering forward in a more offensive position than maybe we've seen him in the couple of cameo appearance he made, it just looked like Latanzio trusted them in bringing them in the game. And when you feel like your coach trusts you, you don't want to let them down and you want to perform to the best of your ability. And I think that's what everyone on that pitch did. Before we hear from the club, I did want to ask you about the uh, the save right before the half where Kalina got kicked in the face. Uh, we heard a lot of people kind of after the fact. We didn't have the best view of it uh, in live action, but then seeing the replay and seeing the kick to the face, uh, how, how surprised were you that Clint Malo wasn't uh, sent off as a result of that uh, that challenge there in the box? It's a tough one because I think it comes off of a, if I remember correctly, it came off of like a spill from Kalina. So a lot mm. of the time you consider that a 50-50 ball. Uh, listen, I'm all for 50-50s. I'm all for challenging the game. But at the end of the day, you got to protect goalkeepers. And uh, you've seen them given as reds. You've seen them given as yellows. Uh, but with the existence of VAR now, I think you look at that one and you see that the damage it could have done from Kalina. And I look back at my time as a Reading fan and I always look back at Petr Cech and mm. the severe head injury that he had. And listen, I don't think Stephen Hunt had a malicious intent. But when you jeopardize the safety of an opponent, 
so significantly, then I think you have to look at that one. Um, but it would have changed the game. And I'm not sure how well it would have changed the game because sometimes when teams lose a player early on, it allows them to adjust the game plan so significantly. They may have parked the bus even more. So listen, we got the three points and that's what matters. You bringing up Petr Cech is a reminder for me to let you know as the fans who are watching on Crown Corner that tickets are still available for Charlotte FC's exhibition friendly against Chelsea July the 20th at Bank of America Stadium. Lots of opportunities for you to get in the building to see the former European champions on the same pitch as our boys in black and blue. Uh, Charlotte FC this weekend taking on Columbus Crew. We'll get into that with uh, not only Jordan Angeli, but also uh, as a result of going across this podcast and answer some of your questions involving that contest. But we did want to hear from the interim manager, Christian Latanzio, about not just the game, but how in particular the defense created a clean sheet and kept things very, very solid for Christian Kalina in front of him. First of all, is the is the spirit of the boys, because uh, this is that come before any any tactics. So it was the fact that they were determined to to give a, a very good competitive game to Red Bulls. We played them; they beat us over there. And so the boys, they had also this uh, willing to, you know, to get back a little bit. But uh, the fact that they were determined, uh, it was the main factor. And I definitely think that speaks volumes. You could see that the minute they stepped onto that pitch, they were up for the atmosphere. They were not going to come away with anything other than three points in their mindset. And I think every single player looked like they were working really hard in that match. I look at Titi Ortiz's one. He's a player that's been criticized at times, and I think rightfully so, for some of the body language he had shown in other matches, for some of the lack of effort that he maybe showed. But he was fantastic with his work rate. Joseph Mora, another player that's faced some criticism Very in much so. games for uh, jogging around and maybe not looking like he had the same level of energy. Joseph Morrow was fantastic with that work rate as well. And when these players step up and offer something so strongly defensively, you're able to keep clean sheets like you did in that match. And you're able to keep clean sheets without relying on worldy saves from Christian Kalina. For him, relatively quiet night at the office. It was very, very great to see that he only had to make that one save against Klimala and really do nothing more other than just kind of direct traffic from the back. Uh, had a couple of shaky moments at the back, did Kalina, but uh, they were able to keep the scoreline blank for New York Red Bulls. Of course, a lot of people riding high after this victory, but one thing's for sure, Christian Latanzio is not going to let the mood of the boys get beyond their skis. There's 19 games left. We we have to take one game at a time and to try to be as competitive as we can each game. So we will work uh, to try to uh, to win more games, home and away. Uh, is our aim. When you play a game, you try to win. So uh, we have to stay humble. We have to stay humble. We have to keep uh, working and uh, not to get uh, ahead of ourselves. It's a long road ahead with a lot of good teams in the in this uh, conference so yeah we have uh, we we like we like our team and we have to just keep working and improving one game at a time consistency mm. is key don't get ahead of yourselves look we had a fantastic performance it, it was brilliant but we do talk about a new manager bump and now we need to turn that new manager bump into new manager success. And that's going to come with week in, week out performances like we had on Saturday. And the most important thing, Will, is to flip those performances to being on the road. We've seen two very different Charlotte Football Club sides this season, one at home in front of incredible fans and one away. It needs to be more similar in the performances, regardless of where you're playing. Uh, one thing that I really felt was really cool to hear from Christian Fuchs last week is the kind of extra time that has been taken by Christian Latanzio, not just since he's gotten the head job, but over the balance of the season and, and how he has taken a personal uh, influence in a lot of the players' careers and, and how he's tried to get people to improve. Mackenzie Gaines met with the media earlier today. I asked him specifically how Christian Latanzio has benefited him, especially after that big game he had on Saturday against Red Bulls. He's actually been probably one of the most influential assistant coaches that I've had so far um, as a professional. He's always um, pulling not only me, but other players aside uh, in the team. And he's shown me areas of my game that I can work on. Um, you know, whether it's um, 
to go past a guy and beat him and to get the cross in or to pull it back and to, to cross with my left foot, which I've probably never done in my career, but he's um, showed me that it's a possibility and something that I can work on. So, um, you know, he's been great. And I think he's not only helped myself to develop, but also other people in the team. And man management is key to be a successful soccer coach at this level. You've got to create those relationships. You've got to create that trust. And it's clear from every single individual that talks about Christian Latanzio, the respect that they've gained so far. Matthew asked about Christian Fuchs, whether he'd be back on the pitch or not. Uh, we haven't seen him at training all week, Matthew, so that's not necessarily a full indicator, but uh, I'm not sure about that. That'll certainly be a question that we ask Christian Latanzio when we get the chance to talk to him tomorrow. And uh, he question he also asked is whether or not it'll work against Camille Josviak and uh, Carol Svidersky not being with the team and how that will work uh, possibly with them rejoining the team here uh, tomorrow or Friday when they get back into uh, America from their international duty. How do you feel like that affects those two guys, Jess? I think the biggest thing is that it's not a brand new manager that we've plucked out of thin air. It's a player that we, a manager that knows these players already. He's been around them the entire season. So I think that that's not as much of an issue as it would have been if we'd have hired from outside in. And I think they're going to be excited as well to get the opportunity to play under a new coach. And they're relatively rested. They're not exhausted from having many, many minutes. So looking forward to seeing them get back into some form of action. Lucha asked about an ETA on uh, Vinny Mello. Uh, Vinny was on the road back. He was training with the team, but uh, suffered a setback with that injured foot. And so it's going to be more of a long-term injury on Vinny. So uh, it's very unfortunate to see uh, the under-22 initiative Brazilian uh, take a big setback there. But uh, he's not uh, he's not close right now in terms of getting himself back on the pitch. So we certainly wish Vinny uh, the best of luck trying to get himself back. A guy who got himself back in the lineup for the first time in two months, Anton Walks, joins us for this week's chat inside the training ground let's go inside the training ground with charlotte fc's anton walks as he joins us here on crown corner he was actually our first player guest way back when when we started doing these podcasts so anton it's great to have you back and uh also it was great to see you on the pitch on saturday thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me uh it just seemed like watching you guys out there, there was a different mood, a different spirit, a freedom, a fluidity. How do you put into words the way that you guys looked on Saturday against Red Bulls? Um, I feel like, uh, well, from my perspective, defensively, there's a lot more structure and organization. I think we worked better together. I think there's a bit more communication in there and you know, we really studied New York strengths, especially having played them a few weeks prior. They've always had the same identity, more or less, but it's just making sure, you know, we can put out their strengths. And obviously you've got the clean sheet. How much does that mean as a back line, particularly with a team that's slotting in players? Obviously you came in for one of your most recent starts. How nice is it to have that consistency and pick up a clean sheet as a back line? Uh, it's very important. I think that's one of the things before a game you look at and we will discuss and that's the main goal of ours. I think you do, you get a clean sheet, you've done your job more or less and it's definitely something which we want to continue doing. One of the things that we've heard from players is the attention to detail that Christian Latanzio has brought to the table, even going back to his time as an assistant coach. How much can you speak to what he's done for you as a player, whether it's in training, outside of training, video sessions? How much time has he taken with you personally? Personally, I think I've probably had more time than anybody else with him in terms of work and just individual conversations. I think he's a great you know, person, which is one of the biggest attributes to have in my eyes as a coach, I think that helps make their job easier. And again, he's a top guy and the details he gives us has only increased with him, you know, being in the main role and it definitely helped on the weekend. How amazing was it with the fan base this weekend? Obviously, you played in front of big crowds, your time with Atlanta United. They used to have the attendance record. They don't have it anymore. But how amazing is it being in Bank of America with those great fans behind your back? Um, it's amazing. I think uh, I experienced it briefly against New England when I came on, but to actually start and you know experience the whole thing from walking out and standing on the field for the national anthem and stuff like that, 
it just shows that our support system is crazy and games like that where you know we win and we perform well it's just something to give back to them and again that's the main focus of ours and hopefully we can you know keep them happy Obviously, Columbus is a team you saw before in the preseason. There was a little bit of bad blood uh, in that contest between you guys in Charleston. Uh, you mentioned how uh, seeing New York in recent memory kind of helped you in that one. Uh, I know that preseason soccer a little bit different than than what you guys obviously do when when you lace it up for real. But but how important was that contest in Charleston to at least get? a little bit of an advanced window and look into what the crew have to bring to the table, especially uh, with what was created during that match? Yeah, it was just a bit of a reality check, I think, against a team like that. They, you know, they've been fairly successful over the last few years and it's just a, you know, a good test to go up against them, even though it's a preseason game. Like you said, it kind of kicked off. It, but that just shows the competitive side that we, we have and it was good that we all got around each other. I think things like that helped us come together even quicker during preseason. So obviously we have to address a bit of an elephant in the room, the away record. You're a player that's played with Atlanta United that had a decent away record when you were with them. What do you think are some of the secrets and things that this team needs to improve on in order to start picking up more points on the road? Um, first of all, I think we have to ignore the background noise and the pressures of our our record is bad. I think you have to ignore what's happened in the past. You know, things have changed as of recent with, you know, coaching staff. So hopefully we can hit the reset reset button, you know, in general. And again, there's no pressures on winning the game away from home. I think we have to focus on not losing first and foremost. So if we can just get back to what we've done in the last game against New York and keep a clean sheet, that's a great start. And then, you know, it's in our position to go and win games. But some of the games, especially when I spoke to some of the guys, I I told them, if, look, if you can't if you can't win it, just make sure we don't lose it because you know, these points will add up at some point during this season. I know that there's always kind of a microscope on center back pairings. Uh, what was it like, and what's it been like in times where you've been paired with Guzman Carujo? Because uh, I think everybody we talk to who talks about him just talks about the kind of menace that he is on the pitch. We know you got a little bit of that mean streak too, as well. Uh, but what has it been like uh, with the two of you guys melding your games as uh, as you got a chance to be on the field with him for the full ninety? I mean, he's you know he's very consistent and he's he's got good qualities. You know what his game brings and he always sticks to it and it works for him. So I think it just makes my life easier because I know, you know, I got a guy alongside me that is going to do his job. So again, I don't have to worry about too much. Just whatever I've got to deal with on my end. And when you've got a partner like that, you know, we're meant to have each other's backs, but. When he deals with everything on his end, it just makes you know life a lot more easier, like I said. A moment that might not have been so easy was the Guzman Carujo successful double challenge that had Will and I going crazy in the booth that the referee somehow pointed to the penalty spot. When the referee went up to take a second look, was there any doubts going through your mind that he might not overrule it and would have given a penalty? No, as soon as he goes to take a look, I know if you get that decision wrong, there's going to be some serious trouble. So I was pretty confident. How, how do you think he even saw a penalty, though? The ball literally moved away from Guzman. I know, but, you know, he's on the floor. And I've seen things happen before when defenders raise their leg and kind of get an advantage to trip the player. But I knew already from my angle that if any way he went to VAR and got that decision wrong, then there was going to be a lot of complaining coming afterwards. Not that it was a go our way, right? Nice that it went our way. Oh yeah, and and not that it was a turning point because you guys already kind of had you know the the lead at the time. But but how much of that just kind of from from that point on? I feel like after that result, New York almost looked dispirited and looked dejected. I don't really feel like they had a a consequential touch the rest of the match after that. Yeah, but I think it's uh, more about what we done. (laughs) I'm not saying it wasn't because of what you guys did. Come on, they played well. No, um, after I'm that, saying, I'm saying that kind of fired you guys up though a little bit. No, though, yeah, yeah, of course. Once you see them get into your box and then you kind of realize, okay, there is a bit of danger here. You kind of have to tighten things up. And again, their chance came from something which we was avoiding all game and a split second, you know, that's how things can quickly change. 
with the game at 1-0, the last thing we needed was them to score because they would have just went all out. I mean, we would have been under pressure for even longer. So just that slight second of, wow, like things could go wrong here. It just made us wake up quickly and, you know, credit to everyone. We all switched on and found a way to just, you know, kill the game off. Loved it was it. one thing I talked about in the broadcast when it came to you, Anton. It was the communication that you were showing. You were very vocal, very demonstrative, pointing at your defenders, telling them where to go. Is that something that's really important, do you feel, in your style of play, that you take on that leadership, take on that role in communication? Um, I feel that from what I've experienced and from the guys I've played with, it's made the game easier for us because not everybody is as vocal. And some people kind of feel timid to say things because, you know, I've played with players before where they might take it in the wrong way. But I've got one goal when I'm defending back there, and that's not to concede and for them to stay away from us. So everything I'll say is in best of intentions of making sure that we can keep them away from our goal. And everybody takes it on well. And I definitely feel I'm probably one of the most vocal in our mm -hmm. sport. And... I feel like it helped at times and I'm glad you guys noticed. So it's my job. Yeah. My job. I do a good job of it. Thank you. Uh, I've also noticed that like you said, it's not just in the train it's not just on the pitch but also in the training you know uh, obviously when you think about columbus uh, we talked a lot again about playing on the road and and having that experience from what you're able to at least look at from them on the outside looking in how do you feel like you're able to best not only defend them but also turn the attack around because i feel like you know the neutral area probably is going to be a very very key part of this match coming up here on saturday um I think, like I said, most importantly, we try and shut them out. And then we've got enough quality to go after them offensively. And we have to have that mindset. We have to manage the game, most importantly, because, you know, the pressures are already on us. And I'm sure, you know, later on in the week, you're going to hear more and more talk about it. But I feel like from when we played them, you know, we had chances. We could have taken the game and... That's something to be confident about, and we have to make sure we have it on full display on the weekend. Okay, enough about soccer. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Anton. I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, I have a good friend, Sam, that owns the Queen's Pantry in Atlanta. And we had a little bit of a chat about you, Mr. Walks, and she said that you're a, a pot noodle fan and a Worcester sauce French fry fan as well. Can you confirm that's the case? That is correct. What else do you miss about English cuisine when you're over here in America? Oh, don't say Marmite. Please don't say Marmite. No, 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 no. You don't like I miss, it? I miss, oh. I, miss the, I, miss the, I miss the sweets. I miss the, the chocolates, the crisps, potato chips, um, Nando's. See, yeah, they need to get Nando's over here. It would do really well in Charlotte. Yeah, I the, wish it. I wish. The Kit Kat Chunkies, I will say, were, they hit different than a regular Kit Kat. Everything hits differently. I've been delivering. delivering. I never that. No, yeah. it's different. There's something different about our chocolate content. I've been delivering it to the guys at the radio station, and they're big fans. And, so. and believe me, I've seen the waistlines. We'll see what, what Sam <laughs> has ready to bring over to you. I've seen the waistlines of the, of the morning show continue to expand. Um, yeah. I also want to know, Anton, just uh, one of the first things you said about uh, in your opening interview with us was your proficiency at being very good and probably the best on the team at playing FIFA. H has anyone stood up to the challenge yet? Oh, well, we have a PlayStation here and we've had um, quite a few games. Uh, I'll be honest, Derek Jones is good. He gave me a tough game once or twice, but I'm still going to stand my ground and when things <laughs> get serious, ain't nobody going to win. Apart from me. <laughs> Top bin 90 is pretty good. I, I got done. I got done by top bin 90. I'm not very good anymore. Five nil, Anton. She couldn't even, she, she, she was getting skunked. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's never happened to me. So I wasn't focused. I wasn't focused. Speaking of five nil drubbings, Will, World Cup coming up, Anton. Obviously, England versus the US. I've had some pretty crazy fans claim that I should be supporting America in the World Cup. Who will you be rooting for in the World Cup on a Black Friday? England, of course. See, it's the answer. I can't believe people... Are Even after you just got your green card. You just got your green card. <laughs> Listen, they made me wait too long, so 
They can't hate loyalty you until, My loyalty is with England until after the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> also, 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 bragging rights in the team. I think I'm the only Englishman in the team, so it's only right you know, I take this battle alone and enjoy it on the way. What's your score prediction? I'll say 2-0 England. Heard it here first. Heard it here first, Will. See, that's the thing. It's it's terrible for me because I'm also a Tottenham fan, so I got to, have to root against Harry Kane, which is very difficult for me. 2-0 with a goal from Harry Kane. You can't be You're going to kill you know? me. You know? You're going to kill me. It's coming home. It's coming home, everybody. Hey, relax. Not yet. We don't start saying that yet. <laughs> we made that mistake in the Euros. I'm oh, not I've saying... I've not recovered. I've not and, recovered. Anton, we, we will be on opposite ends one day out of 365, but but not today and not anytime soon. So... Uh, <laughs> We appreciate it. Uh, continued success. We hope to see you on the pitch on Saturday, and we hope you guys can bring home the three points from Columbus. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. That is Anton Walks. Uh, there are a couple things to unpack. Hey, so let me let me get a little cover on first. I'm going to jump ahead of you. Let's oh. please know that this was filmed before the 4-0 drubbing. I was going to say, that, that's exactly where hungry. I was going. This was filmed exactly before. where I was going. And first and foremost, I think it's important to note that England was playing with a weakened side. We also <laughs> oh, don't necessarily trust our manager. Excuse making happening. Excuse making happening mean, already. Honestly, Will, come. I'm not scared. Like I actually quite like it because we're getting all these little American hearts feeling like they're going to have a chance. Hey, and we no, had to play in a. We had to play in a freaking. Expectations are growing, and then we're going to break them even more. So it's going to be fantastic. We we had to play El Salvador in a freaking cow pasture last night, okay? And and we still earned a draw, okay? Excuses, excuses. Now, look quick. Andrew is asking if I care to comment on Willie P's dancing. All I'm going to say is that was just a minor, minor example of what I see week in, week out in the booth. Like, <laughs> you guys think it was bad watching that for one minute? I see 90 <laughs> minutes of it every single Saturday of my life. So I'm honestly immune to it at this point. It, it's hey. not got very much. It's not got very much um, hips or shoulders. I think you need some lessons from a, a salsa coach. That's funny. That's funny. It's, it's, I was also 6.20 in the morning when I was out to do that. So <laughs> being asked to perform that early is something that I'm not uh, I'm not used to. Then Matthew says, Hungry had a different idea about it going home. That's but definitely true. Uh, the, the big time talking will come in November, and I'm very much looking forward to, let's, to keeping a few people quiet. Let, let's hope England uh, represents Jess's FIFA skills. I don't know how you lose 5-0 in FIFA to top him. Uh, that's, that's okay. We'll, we'll talk about that another day. That honestly, my strengths lie in other in other life skills. Yeah, you actually were good in the soccer tennis. You were able to beat them over there. And uh, speaking of that, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the program. We are organizing a soccer tennis tournament coming up in late July that will be taking place at the WFNZ Doghouse. So we're very much looking forward to unveil that. Details on that to come here with us on Crown Corner. We do want to turn our attention towards Columbus Crew this weekend. We'll talk with a very great television and radio analyst for Columbus Crew as we go on the little bit of the opposition research side with Jordan Angeli next on Crown Corner. It is Crown Corner for Columbus Crew Week. Charlotte FC taking on Columbus Crew in the Buckeye State. Let's check in with someone who does the TV analyst analysis as well as the radio analysis uh, uh, occasion for the Columbus Crew broadcast. Jordan Angeli, former soccer player in her own right, and she joins us here on Crown Corner. Jordan, it's a pleasure. Uh, I know Jess is very happy to have you as well as I am. Uh, we certainly hope that uh, you're doing well, and thank you so much for the time. Well, I was just happy to get the text message from Will and um, you guys apologize for my joy, my voice. Uh, my brother's hockey team just won their like Stanley Cup this weekend. So I have since lost my voice and hoping uh, that it will be back for that game on Saturday. But re- really excited hey, Will, to be here. Will has all the remedies for keeping oh, his voice okay. in the world. He has a special routine, so I'm sure he can text you after this. We're going to have Absolutely. to chat about that because throat, I, I'm going to need that. Throat coat is, is my best friend. I invest in it uh, as well as the uh, chloroseptic spray. I'm a big, big fan of that. But uh, uh, big, big fan of, of the way you guys have played this season. Although, first time we saw you all, it was a little sketchy back in Charleston. Uh, how, how long is your memory back to when we saw you guys in Charleston and uh, we had a little bit of a fracas? <laughs> it was it was wild. I was sitting on my couch watching the game. Um, 
I, I believe it was on ESPN. Those games were on ESPN or no, on our website, we could watch them. Yeah. Um, and I was like, is this, uh, this is really going to be a both benches clear type of uh, fight right now, which, <laughs> Hey, I think for both of our teams, you know, the crew came off of a difficult season last year where they missed the playoffs by a point. Charlotte was a new team. So Early on in the season, you know, in preseason to show that both these teams were willing to actually fight for one another is a positive. Now, I hope that doesn't happen on Saturday. We might see some more red cards if it does. But um, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember that fight quite well. Since that game, obviously, Charlotte FC's had a manager change. They've impressed some of the pundits that maybe wrote them off a little bit because in Charleston, we were a weaker team. From the outside in, Jordan, what's been your main impressions of Charlotte Football Club this season? It's a great question because I do think that this team has had a really steady progression, which there has been so many talks over the last few years about how do you build a team to hit the ground running in MLS? And some teams have done that really well, and some teams have struggled to do that. And what I've noticed about Charlotte is I do feel like you guys have some good players who are MLS vets who help stabilize you and give you that experience of what it's like to play in this league. But you also have some young players like Ben Bender and the, the youthfulness that he brings and, you know, being a little bit green to this league and not really expecting much gives some freedom. And I know that there's been a lot of talk about the, the managerial change, but it does feel like this team is, has done a really good job throughout the season of playing really well at home, but it's looked different on the road. And I, I wonder under new interim manager, if it'll look more similar as it does at home to on the road, because it was a more expansive side over the weekend against New York Red Bulls. Is that just the opponent? Is that what we're going to see more of? I, I'm not quite sure. And I think we're all a little curious about that. A month of May was a little interesting for Columbus, Jordan. Uh, I know that the last result at least was a positive one against Atlanta United. Uh, Jess and I, happy to hear that. But uh, what do you feel like, you know, Columbus obviously having a couple of weekends off because of the international break. How do you feel like Columbus Crew's form was going into the international break? It was a tough May. Uh, I think if any team in this league would have thought, okay, we have LAFC, we have New York City, and we have Atlanta, who we're starting to get a little bit of an uptick to um, throw Philadelphia in there. The, the number of teams that we played who are front runners in this league in May back to back with a lot of those games being on the road. It was always going to be a difficult stretch and it was a difficult stretch. We did, didn't have Lucas Celery on. The team adapted well and did good, did really well in this 4-3-3 formation that they shifted to. So I think that there was progress in the fact that they knew the, the team knows now they can um, play a couple of different formations. They can play without their key star player and Celerion. And they ended it on a good note in Atlanta with a really decisive win, uh, showing that they can score goals, which was important, and score goals from the number nine position, Eric Hurtado getting a, a goal in that game. It was a big win going into a break because now this team can hone in on a couple of things. Not having a game in two weekends, though, is, is a lot to manage. And um, we'll see if they can knock that rust off or show that maybe there isn't any rust going into that game on Saturday since you all already played last weekend. You, you had a little bit of that um, leeway period over against the Red Bulls at home. I think it's interesting, Jordan, that you alluded to the fact that at times your side has struggled in front of net. It's something that we're very... Mm -hmm. Similar with, what do you think some of the er errors are in the side that is causing them to not always find the back of the net in matches? Well, this is the, the hardest part of the game. And that's why the front runners score, you know, get the most money and they score goals and they're paid the most and they have the most attention on them. You know, we're seeing that right now with the men's national team and all the attention on that number nine position. What I feel like has been difficult for this team, and it started in preseason, is Jossie's artist wasn't there. Miguel Berry showed up and was continuing to play really well, not only in that nine spot, but alongside Lucas Celerion. So then you want to keep that consistency over a number of games back to back. But then you have Jossie's artist on the bench. He ends up getting traded. You know, there's a lot of, I think, off the field things that happened that, um, you know, how do those two players manage playing and not playing? that were difficult for this team to find a rhythm game in and game out. 
the thing about the crew is they create a lot of chances and in Charlotte does as well. Mm -hmm. The difficulty was, is they get into those spots and it felt like this game is, is so it hinders on confidence. And it felt like the team was second guessing at at moments of decision-making in those key moments. Preaching to the choir. Yeah. Right. It's, it was like, there was a slight hesitancy. Do I take another touch? Do I find the the pass through to an on-rushing winger or the center forward? And some, sometimes it takes just one moment to kind of flip that. And we're starting to see that with a, a few different players. I think Yao Yaboa is a good example. He comes in, a new player to the league, a lot to adjust to. You guys have that with a couple of front runners. Um, well, Swiderski has had a good adjustment to the league. But when, when you come into the league, it's, it's difficult to find your rhythm in a, a brand new league against a different opposition, different outside backs or different back line each time. And Yao Yaboa, look, it looks to me like he's thinking a little too much. Like, what should I do next? Instead of just letting it be his gut decision. And now as, as he's progressing, it does seem to be like he feels a little bit com- more comfortable, is making decisive movements and decisions and then when you do that, then everyone around you knows what to expect. And so I think that um, I'm hoping over these last couple of weeks, that is something that this team has been honing in on, just decisiveness in the final third. You mentioned the loss of Celerion, which I know that's something that is a crushing one to that mm-hmm. side. How has Darlington Nagby's role changed, increased, or even become more important when Celerion's absence as you've moved to that 4-3-3? Oh my goodness. I could talk about Darlington Nagby all day. <laughs> he is just, he is so good. And um, I do think that the way that the crew have adapted in the absence of Celery on, they have played more of a four, three, three with three flat central midfielders um, and Darlington holding a little bit more. So it's it's changed actually from game to game, whether it's Aiden Morris in there, James and Bekeme next to Artur and Nagby. But Nagby is such an underrated player, and that is hard to say because people talk about him all the time. But the little things that he does to create and generate space, not only for himself, but for the team around him, the, the players around him, uh, can go unnoticed. He keeps the ball best passing percentage in the league. So when you can keep the ball, when you don't have a Lucas Celerion to have that outlet, that extra touch can allow players to advance a little bit more. Um, he's so fun to watch. And I'm I'm sure you guys will maybe enjoy that on Saturday. I'm not sure if it will be enjoyable or not, but we can all appreciate when there's a good footballer on the field and Darlington now be sure is one of those uh, phenomenal footballers. Look, we like the way he plays, but we hope he doesn't have the best game of the season (laughs) on Saturday. Fair, fair. To be honest with you, one of the keys to your games is obviously Darlington Nagby having a good game. What else would you say would be a key for you guys to come out of this one with three points? I think a a key for the crew has been at home um, with the, the new stadium last year almost a year ago now we've been playing in the new stadium lower.com field downtown it is an energetic field and you guys are used to that playing um at bank of america stadium it is loud and uh, not as many fans as you get but twenty thousand in there with a roof it holds the noise in and there were time there have been times at home where that energy gets the team a little too stretched like they're over eager to open up and so I do think that managing the emotions of coming into a game after a long layoff is going to be key. Can they manage those first 15 minutes with the right times of pressing Charlotte, with the right times of letting you guys come and attack a little bit? Because I do think there are times where, as we've just talked about, it's difficult for you guys to break a- opponents down. So um, I think that this should be a really interesting game, though, because both teams want the ball. Both teams want to possess, but have shown that they can be really good in transition moments too, especially you guys this, over this last weekend against Red Bull. So uh, there, there are going to be a lot of different nuances to this game and uh, managing the start is going to be really important for the crew. 
Jordan, I feel like we could have uh, allotted the entire hour to you. Uh, that would have been fine with the, with the two of us, but uh, we appreciate the time. We look forward to seeing you guys on the pitch, and uh, we wish you best of luck. Rest of the season minus two weekends. Right. Hey, same with you guys. Well, Jess, thank you guys so much. <laughs> That's Jordan Angeli from the Columbus Crew TV and radio team. Very happy to have her on the program. Uh, before we get to our supporter spotlight, uh, our friend Kate has a question about Jess's uh, jersey. I know that that's something that uh, you've worn a couple of times, Jess, but uh, it's a great initiative to at least uh, spotlight here as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a Her Game 2 um, jersey. It's an initiative that started in England all about just making the experience for the female soccer fan, the female soccer player more equal, more enjoyable, safer. You know, I think Charlotte FC has a fantastic environment for women fans, but that's not the case all over the world. So it's just an initiative that supports that and they're moving it on into America. So get behind it, Her Game 2 USA. And hopefully uh, Charlotte FC will be partnering them in the near future if I can... Uh, get my way with the powers that be now uh Zella Rayan, again we had a report from him basically at the beginning of june that he was going to be possibly out for this contest they said he was going to be out for about three to five weeks we haven't gotten a definitive uh, injury report yet from columbus but it seems like a lot of the conventional wisdom says that he's out uh that changes things drastically for columbus and, and probably dra- puts them more on our side you know they're a team that's been very up and down uh, how do you feel like from the Charlotte FC standpoint, they're able to handle what Columbus brings to the table. Firstly, I think that what's really interesting listening to Columbus crew podcasts, as I love to do on the week preparing for a game, they're very confident about this match. They're very much taking Charlotte FC for granted. They're looking at our away record and thinking that it's going to be a walk in the park. I think the most important thing from a Charlotte FC perspective is to go in there and prove people wrong, to play the style of play that we've been doing in the last match, to be improving on that clinical finishing when we do get the opportunities Columbus is a difficult midfield team. We mentioned the likes of Darlington Nagby, who love to control the midfield. We did a really good job on Saturday of winning those duels, of getting to the first and second balls, of cleaning things up nicely. We're going to need to do more of that against the crew. And I think it's all about enforcing our game plan on them early. Jordan mentioned the atmosphere and how they've got a good fan base behind them. Frustrate the fan base, get them on each other's backs and really ride that storm. I think it's a really important week to at least pick up a point on the road. Very, very much a, a big game for Joseph Mora, Brant Bronico, and whoever plays that right back position, uh, whether it's Harrison Awful or Jalen Lindsay, I think that'll be a very uh, key decision from Christian Latanzo to watch this week. We'll get more of your questions in at the end of the show. Uh, you can put them in the comments section on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. But before we do that, let's check in with Sean Gartley from the Uptown Ultras for our, this week's Supporter Spotlight. <laughs> Willie P and the Mad Cat here with you as we get you ready for this weekend between Charlotte FC and the Columbus crew and our supporter spotlight centers around our friends from the Uptown Ultras, Sean Gartley and Lucas Barnhart do a fantastic job leading that cavalcade. And Sean Gartley joins us here on Crown Corner. What's going on, Shawnee? How are you, pal? I'm good, Shawnee. Haven't heard that one uh, unless my mom's <laughs> talking to me. So it's good to, good to get a nice familiar home base here. So in terms of the way the last couple of weeks have gone, I know a lot has happened, but how great was it to see our boys back on the pitch and see them get a resounding victory against the New York Red Bulls? Kind of feels like a a new season started, doesn't it? You know, new formation, new lineup, uh, new method of substitutions. Uh, It was awesome to watch. I I, I loved it. Uh, You know, that Bender goal kind of came out of nowhere for me at the end of the first half. Uh, and, And you saw his confidence and his awesome celebration he does every single time and it felt great it felt great to be back in Bank of America with all my friends all 30,000 of us brilliant turnouts have continued what do you think the key is to getting people week out week in week out filling up the bends and turning up at the tailgates well turning the sun down probably helped a little bit but outside <laughs> of that I mean it's 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 the atmosphere that the fans have created and the product on the field is still there and as long as that product on the field continues to be a fun one to watch where you know if you that, you know, the first 10 minutes may be shaky, but the rest of that game, we we were dominating possession. We were passing forward. There were shot attempts on goal. We were challenging players on their team for what felt like the first time all season, uh, taking one-on-ones. It was, it was aggressive and fun soccer to watch. And I think as as fans see that and, you know, through our local broadcast, hearing you guys on the radio or in person, they'll, they'll continue to keep coming out to games. 
I know we know that you are definitely a P1 when it comes to not only uh, our radio station, but also our broadcast. So we thank you for your continued patronage uh, there as well. Uh, we have also just continued to love the work that the supporters section has done with the TIFOs. Uh, and from what I understand and talking to a couple of people on the supporters council, uh, this was not just people inside the five supporters council groups. This took a, a real collective effort to bring the uh, the dirty dancing homage of Ben Bender holding up Queen Charlotte. Yeah, it was awesome. There was a, a, a school involved from the from the area and they, they had the idea, they drew it all out and presented it to us. And, you know, that group took it from there. Uh, our TIFO committee is, is dedicated. And, and frankly, I, I got the pleasure of walking on the tailgate lot that day. And I saw two ladies wearing the TIFO that I knew no one else knew what they looked like on their shirt. So I stopped them and I was like, where'd you get that shirt? That's awesome. And it was their daughters who had helped design it. Wow. Um, so they'd all come out to watch it. And, you know, it, it looked amazing. And, and again, props to the guys who do that. Shout out to Brandon. Great stuff. I saw a great tweet explaining it to people that may have not seen the movie or the movie may have been before their generation. You think Ben Bender needed that explanation? He's a little too young for the film, right? <laughs> I just hope you enjoyed it. You know, it's it's cool to be on the spotlight like he normally is, but to be, you know, 18 feet taller on the spotlight is pretty nice. Well, he needed an explanation when it came to crab cakes and soccer too. So uh, I, I won't I won't crowd Benji too much on that one uh, with Dirty Dancing. Although uh, Jennifer Grey in that movie is uh, is pretty fantastic, and I do feel like Bender just as a as somebody who is a spotlight, I feel like is a very easily identifiable player. But I feel like we have so many more of these identifiable players who have connected with the fans. You know. I hear people who say they're big fans of Carujo. I, I have people who I know are big fans of, of Jordi Alcivar and Titi Ortiz and everyone loves Kalina. And, and uh, how amazed are you that this group uh, with the sporting department has been able to build a roster of so easily, uh, and I, for, I, I'm amiss to forget our guy, Brad Bronico too, easily identifiable and relatable players that I feel like each person can identify with in a different fashion. We're lucky to have a wide variety of players that just all over the world, um, different parts of our country where they come in and they've embraced the city as as we've embraced them. And you can tell every time they score, every time they celebrate. I mean, look at that that last goal by uh, Jones. I mean, it was amazing. And the celebration afterwards, like everyone was happy. I mean, Reyna, the biggest smile I've seen him have all season was at that moment. He wasn't even playing. Um, they, they're loving it. And I think they love the support they're getting from us. And and it makes them want to be more involved with us. I mean, if, if you guys went to or saw some pictures of that uh, the event with these, the, the new team that Charlotte started, the special team where the players are playing with, with uh, people with special needs, uh, Kalina was out there playing one-on-one -on -one, uh, goalie with these kids and like moving the ball around with his feet, just having the best time. And, you know, it's, it's people like that that are really going to help build this fan base up for years to come. And I love the mutual respect between fans and players. It always feels like they give time. They're signing autographs, taking pictures. You can never be a bother to them. When it comes to the daytime activities in a match, obviously this week the tailgate started a little earlier. It was an early party with the early kickoff. How, how much fun did you guys have over there? What, what stood out to you during the tailgate this week? Um, even with the heat, I think we had some of the better numbers all season out on that lot. And we had some great friends out there. Uh, personally, we had uh, Gilday, the, the new German brewery in town, came and joined us and served up some delicious food. Um, you know, we got to party with our friends from the Min Street Mafia. They came and sat with us and so did 40 Thieves and Southbound and Crown. And everyone's just having all a whole lot of fun. There's different things to do. You can walk over Southbound and play FIFA. You can come by us. We got a DJ going. You've got soccer tennis over at Mint City, if you have Blue Fury with the music, it, it's a cool environment. And so even though it's a, a million degrees outside, we still got people uh, willing to come out and have fun with us. And we love it each week. We, we love the collaborative uh, atmosphere on game days. And we love what you guys do also off the pitch and uh, new initiative that was just uh, announced and, and headed up by the Supporters Council is uh, is a walk for leukemia that's going to include not just all the supporters groups uh, trying to march together, but also uh, march against each other a bit. Sean, uh, give us a sense of what you guys are doing with this event coming up in November. So still in the works, still putting all the pieces together, but we're doing a light, light the night walk. Uh, and we're going to have a fundraising initiative to basically you can tie every every individual has their own fundraiser. But you can tie your individual self to a supporters group and we're going to compete to see who can raise the most money between these supporters groups. Uh, we've got some really, really competitive people involved. And if you can compete to raise money for a great cause like the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, 
it's a win for everybody. Absolutely. Now, last week I asked the guys from Mint City Collective this question as well. We're over a third of the way through the season now. Looking back on the inaugural season so far, what has been your favorite moment during the entire season? That's a tough question. Um, what can I say? <laughs> I mean, that first game, I don't think I'll ever forget sitting in. I, I lucked out, got front row, the right side of the supporters section, was able to see the TIFO go up, able to see the look on the players' faces. Uh, just would look at the crowd. Jalen Lindsay sitting at midfield, staring and just being like, wow. Um, that moment I'll hold for a really long time. First win at home, that New England game, the Carol Swinderski goal and the Ben Bender to Carol Swinderski. I mean, those two moments right there are going to hold for a while. But I think we're going to continue to have great moments throughout this season. And and these last two thirds are going to be filled with, I think, awesome, awesome stuff. And what we saw on Saturday just kind of shows me we're turning a corner as a team. And we've got a lot of talent. And, I mean, we did that game without our arguably our best four players, minus Kalina, and, uh, and dominated a very, very good team. So I'm excited to, to watch the moments they get to give us for the rest of the year. I love when everybody brings up the, uh, the first game, Jess, because what I remember from the first game is us, you know, the, the two of us were very, you know, flocked in, focused. I would almost say maybe even a little bit tight. But once we heard the national anthem and heard the entire crowd sing the national anthem and see the Queen Charlotte Tifo, I feel like that just made us feel like belong to something that's such bigger than a whole. And it, I felt like everybody was just kind of rallying around. And I'm, I'm wondering if you felt that when you were in the stands too, Shaw, because I feel like there was probably a lot of nervous energy around there. But those two combined moments just made everything about that night so cool and so collective for the city. I mean, even when you just bring up the national anthem now, I got goosebumps. Uh, that was a, you know, unexpected and amazing moment, and the crowd carried it, and it started a tradition that hopefully lasts for years to come. Uh, yeah, you're right. That was also an amazing moment that we cannot uh, not not mention. The only lack of cherry on the top, obviously, the result, but at least we got. Now it's become a fortress. But just imagine if we'd have won that game, how amazing it would have been. Mm. Or just a goal. A goal would have been great. But I mean, uh, we'll we, got, we got scored we'll on an amazing goal. So, last one for you, Sean. Uh, how is your soccer tennis game? Because we, as a, as a group, are trying to plan something around soccer tennis. And uh, let's just say uh, we're, we're calling you all out. We need we, we need some representation from Uptown Ultras. Well, uh, personally, haven't played in a while, but I'm always down. My touch has been off. My season's been uh, we we've. My group that I usually play with takes a break during the summer, but I was He's texting getting excuses the already. The excuses are coming. Come on, well, Sean. Dust seems it like off. It seems like he's stuck in us, Jess. We'll, we'll, get a couple, we'll get a couple of teams out there from the Ultras and show you guys how to do it. But uh, I'm excited. I've actually passed on a few other groups that I play with as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'm a competitive person myself. So I'll, uh, I'll be doing some training. Real quick, where will you guys be this weekend watching the match? Oh, we're going to be at Gilday Brewery. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're joining our friends at the Main Street Mafia. We're heading over there. Um, they're they're opening up their back room for us. We're going to have some specials. We're going to have some uh, beer cheese. It's going to be a good time. Well, save some for us, man. And uh, we appreciate it as always. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys at the next home game. Thanks. Always a pleasure talking to you guys. Have a great one. Sean Gartley from the Uptown Ultras joining us on Crown Corner. Uh, again, we'll uh, give you more on the footy tennis uh, situation going on later on this summer. Uh, Lucha says he's uh, already putting his uh, hat in the ring for Carolina Hooligans. Real quick, did want to get one uh, final question in from Kate. She had uh, a question about the new MLS Apple TV deal. Uh I know that, Jess, uh, there's a lot of people talking a lot of different things about this deal, but I do think it's ultimately good for the league and, and gives exposure to a lot of people who might not have been able to to access the game because of various blackouts and things of that nature from ESPN+. Yeah, and I think what's really big is it's a telltelling sign that the league is growing, that Apple believes it's worth that much money. Anytime Apple is a huge brand worldwide is thinking that MLS soccer can sell is huge. It's a great compliment to the league. I know that my family back home are very excited because MLS has always been very difficult to access, and now they're going to have access to all the games as well. Listen, there's a lot of things that are up in the air. I think there's a lot of broadcasters out there that are wondering what their future is going to hold. So mm -hmm. fingers crossed those details will be ironed out in the future. But as we say, it's a good thing for the league to have that consistency, to have that money behind it. And hopefully Apple will produce a, a really amazing product to help the league grow in the future.
Yeah, I feel for our friends in, in the local broadcast community about uh, how their future will go. And uh, I'm sure a lot of that, like Jess said, will be ironed out in the future, but should be also good for local radio and uh, ability for you guys to consume our product well as we go throughout the next couple of seasons. Speaking of the local radio product, you can hear us on WFNZ and the Charlotte FC Radio Network with coverage beginning at 7 o'clock for a 7.30 first kick against Columbus Crew this weekend. Very excited to get ourselves possibly on the road to get a road victory. Let's bring home three points, Jess. I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed the program. Thanks to Ed Todd Walks. Thanks to Sean Gartley. Thanks to Jordan Angeli. We'll talk to you on the broadcast Saturday and as always next week on Crown Corner. For Jess and Matt Hogan, I'm Will. Thank you so much for watching Crown Corner.